Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Pedagogy Matters podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to bring forth some key topics of conversation in relation to learning and teaching, to discuss, to break down aspects of practice and provide snippets, advice and guidance as to how to integrate these into our daily practice. Today I'm delighted to be joined by Katie Paget and Laura Watson from Dundee and Angus College. Katie, Laura, how are you? You both okay? Yeah, very good. Yeah, good, thank you. Fantastic. Today's topic, so the episode is going to focus on education for sustainability. I think Katie's going to kick us off here. So Katie, in simple terms, what do we mean by the, the term education for sustainability? Well, I think it's a, it's a big question in some ways because I think there's a lot of different definitions around that different organisations have put out there and also just different terminology. So the sustainable development education, education for sustainable development, learning for sustainability, learning for equity and sustainability, and education for sustainability. So I think, you know, people hear the different ones and it's about, you know, what does it actually mean? Because I think they all really mean the same thing, but people have coined them differently. So for me, it's just about engaging and raising awareness um, in our learners about different global issues. So obviously you've got the sustainable development goals, which there's a large number of, but some of the key ones there are climate change, poverty, access to quality education and healthcare, um, and then the other SDGs as well. But I think when people hear sustainability, they think climate change, plastic, things like that. And it's about raising the awareness that there's much more to it than that. Um, and it's about equipping our communities with the knowledge about what they are, what it is, um, and then skills and attitudes to actually take action and inspire some change in society. No, I think that's really well put. You're, you're right there at the start. There's lots of different interpretations of different language used around this space. You know, I'm a big believer in kind of real clarity and keeping that message quite simple. And I think that's kind of a really clear point there is kind of how you've, how you've alluded to and broken that down. So I guess the next bit then is, so I'm sure lecturers and managers will think, listen, listen, totally agree with you not my job, or okay, how do I do that? So I guess, again, in, in your world, obviously within a, a discussion, we're going to explore kind of what you've done or kind of what it means to you and, and how it fits into your, your daily practice. So I guess to start with, where did this topic come from or how did it get started for yourselves and kind of what's your journey or what's, what's the journey of your college in this space? Yeah, well, that idea of, um, you know, not for me to do, that's a really interesting one. And I think probably initially that's, well, that's the biggest barrier and that's the big shift that we need to make. And that's ultimately what has been the problem and what has caused the problem globally uh, is putting off to tomorrow what should be done today and yesterday and the, the kind of pillaging of, of the planet since the Industrial Revolution. So so that idea that it's not my problem can't happen anymore. Um, but that's a huge cultural societal shift to make. So I guess the first thing is to to feel that responsibility as a lecturer, to to know that actually to make that shift happen, we have to explicitly work to do that. Um, so so that would be the first thing is to kind of begin to inform um, all of our staff and all of our students um, so that that awareness is there. And actually, if we could get that shift happening, we'd almost have the problem solved if everybody took that responsibility. So so yeah, it's it's a big journey. Um, and, and for us, it started with a, a sustainability champions course that we had took. When was that, Katie? What year would that have been? I think it was 
was it 2018 or 19? It was a couple of years ago now anyway. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Um, so, so a few of us kind of volunteered um, and it was an excellent course and it basically um, got us to really think about you know what we were doing with our learners in the classroom um, and, and, and got me thinking about is, is sustainability at the heart of everything that I do? Is it a conscious thought that I have before I make any decision, before I do anything? And to be fair, it wasn't. I thought I was really good, <laughs> but I wasn't, yeah? Because that's not actually how I've grown up. That's not the society that I have lived in. Um, and, and probably it's still not yet. You know, I want to be there, um, but I'm probably still not there yet. But certainly within my teaching, I was seeing that as an adult and I was seeing that as something separate. Um, something that I needed to try and put in there rather than something that should be really embodied in what I do. Um, and actually for my subject, it's so easy for me to put it in um, really explicitly and to really go for it um, because I teach contemporary dance performance. So <laughs> we talk always about dance being a vehicle for change, using your choreographic voice and really saying something. And actually I'd been quite interested in um, not to dismiss our students in any way, but how little the students had to say on these areas before. Um, so I thought, well, this is a perfect time for me to use all the resources and the stimulus that I'm getting through this course and put it into practice with the students. Um, and I was making an end of year show with them. Um, so I thought, right, I'll do this. So um, we'd watched, uh, oh, it was, we were talking about microplastics, they seen the plastic whale. Um, so we started with that as an idea for inspiration um, and what we decided to do was to just see amongst a group of 16 of us how much uh, recyclable plastic we produced in the production process. So three weeks we didn't recycle anything, we did at the end, <laughs> but we didn't recycle any of it through the process, we just gathered it all together. Um, we worked looking at, we took Greta Thunberg's uh, speech and we made that as part of our soundtrack and we worked at physicalising that. We worked at making sure that the production that we created was sustainable so we didn't do any of our sort of runs to pre-mark to buy costumes but instead they all had a budget and went to a charity shop to buy their costumes. Um, and then we explored what it meant to actually have microplastics coming into our system, into our, our food chain. Um, so, so one of the students was really big on the idea of trying to sort of show this within the piece. So he actually, in his own time at home, worked with a spinning sugar to create a plastic bottle, which he ate on stage. We then got all of our plastic together to form our set and that made a huge big sort of globe that we hung from the top of the stage. So it was like our sort of plastic planet. Um, and, and, and they all danced in their lovely uh, charity shop costumes. So it was it was a really, really nice process. And through that process, you know, we obviously we looked at fast fashion. That's why we decided to buy charity shop uh, costumes. But we also talked about, you know, they were talking about, oh, well, in this shop, you can buy your apples without having to buy them already bagged up. And I've been trying to go vegan and then it's an absolute nightmare. I think I nearly fainted the other day because of it. I can't do it. You know, these kind of aside conversations were happening. And in their evaluations at the end, um, I had lots of really, really lovely statements about, you know, I've been speaking to my family about this. I've been speaking to my friends about this. And I know they weren't just saying it to please me, knowing I was going to read their evaluations. It did definitely make a difference. But I was actually talking to Katie um, earlier this morning about this. Because at the end, we came back together and we all shared the projects that we'd done. And I was speaking to the um, sustainability group that I was with and I was seeing the project. And um, one of the lecturers said, 
oh, I, I would have really liked to see that piece. And I was like, oh, yeah. And he said, my students would have really liked to see that. If my students had seen somebody eat a plastic bottle on stage, they really would have got that notion of microplastics much more than some conceptual kind of conversation that we might have in the classroom. And I thought, well, what on earth was I doing? I invited the head of buildings in the States and nobody else. It was all his friends and family. And of course they got the message, but there could have been groups of students coming to see us. They could have been lecturers bringing their group tutor groups to come and see us. It could have been a lovely sort of time out. And that collective collaborative effort is really something that's going to be really important if we're going to make a change moving forward. So so that was my initial. And sorry, I just realised I've, I've been talking for quite a while there. That was my initial experience. Yep. Well, that, that's absolutely fine, Laura. I think, I think the first thing that comes through there is kind of real passion. And I think the second bit that comes through is just how actually easy it is and the ripple effect that it does have. You know, I think the, the key element with this, I'm trying to steal both your thunder, uh, thunder, is it's around awareness raising. Quite simply, that's the purpose of this. We can't change our people's decisions, but we can raise awareness, which might influence that. So anyway, I'm going to be quiet. Katie, what are your thoughts? Okay, what's your experience? Obviously, you're involved in science. Is that right? I am. So I'm a science lecturer. So it's a little bit different in our area. Um, and I do, you know, and again, I try and think about it and how I'm delivering. But a lot of our delivery is quite different and th theoretical based or in the lab. And we have a big issue in the lab and because plastic is so prevalent in, in laboratories for aseptic technique. Um, and we've had lots of discussions and actually students saying, you know, oh, this is terrible. You know, we're wasting all of these pipettes and pipette tips and petri dishes and things like that. And it has been discussed, and we have tried to find ways to reduce that down, or, um, you know, do less of the same thing. But there is a there's an element where you just have to. It's difficult. Um, but one of the subjects I also teach on the side is with our um, access group. I teach communications um, to get further to get into university, um, and we do debates. And so when we were doing this project that Laura was talking about, I took that into into the debate that we were doing and I gave them a subject heading that was um, by 2025 the medical and scientific industry could be plastic free and asked them to go and research it and find out and it was so interesting and we ended up where the groups that I'd put actually separated themselves into more groups because there was so many tangents to it and different industries and where it would work and where it wouldn't um, and they had ones where people took it from the general public point of view to the managers and the directors of industry and things. Um, and then you had NHS and medical versus other areas. Um, and they really took it on. It was really, really interesting. And I had learned a lot through it as well, but things that you just never really think about that. And I think it's been highlighted this year with the pandemic. I don't know about anybody else, but when I went and got vaccinated last week, I took off my cloth mask and had to put on a plastic mask. And then when I left, there was just a bin full of them and they weren't folded up or tied up. They were just loose to fly off in the wind, you know, everywhere. And I think and gloves and things like that, it's obviously much worse. But um, things like if you've got diabetes and you have syringes, they're plastic, things like that. There's just it's so difficult for us to be able to get away from that. And it would take a massive societal and um, policy change much higher than where we are for that to happen. Um, so that was really interesting and it kind of got loads of conversations going around that area. But um, additionally, in the science department, we actually started having sustainable and um, waste advocates um, and people that took on a role 
and um, because we in in our campus we have a separate building over in science i don't know we're separated and not sure why i try not to take it personally um, but it's just where the labs are and stuff so we have it quite separate and we have vending machines and stuff and there was just you know students come back with their waste and it just all went used to go in a general waste bin and there's crisps and stuff so we actually um, me and another lecturer signed up to a company called TerraCycle um, where you collect things like crisp packets, sweet wrappers and, and cans and things like that. Well, cans anyway we could do, but um, like chocolate wrappers, sweet wrappers, crisp packets and things. And we made, and we got the students to make their own boxes and they went into every classroom. And then at the end of each week, um, different students took turns to collect them up and separate and organise and package them to send away. And I think that comes to a really interesting point from what I've looked at around um, um, sustainability and building sustainable campuses and education is that it's not always just about what's in the curriculum it's about the physical environment that the students are in as well and raising that awareness we've done litter picks and things and it's really interesting to see the, the how annoyed the students get and how aware they are when they suddenly have to pick up other people's waste and I think things like that and getting more groups of students to have to take that on like it could be an extra unit or something that they have to do extracurricular because I think if you could do that and students had to then pick up the waste they wouldn't drop the waste in the first place um, and so making changes isn't just about embedding in the curriculum which is obviously really important but it's also about raising awareness through the physical environment extracurricular activities and things like that um, and it's the power of tiny gains again you know like all of these little things like laura said they inspire people to go and talk to their families so with the thousands of students we have and the thousands of staff if they take that wider every year that just that grows and that's what we want yeah, I totally agree with you. I think obviously I'm still based in Newcastle and the phrase down here is turning the tanker in the time. You know, that's kind of what it's like in terms of to have this monumental shift that is required. It is huge. However, you're absolutely right there in terms of it's a little gains, it's awareness raising. And I've noticed this my daughter who's eight, you know, and she loves Blue Peter, I'd still going and they're doing a lot of work in this space as well. And it, that's all it is. It's just raising, raising awareness and changing habits and behaviours. And I think that's really interesting and I know as part of the induction Katie you mentioned the SDGs in terms of some of those some of the different categories or sections and I think that's probably a useful place to start so if you don't mind me I'm going to test your knowledge right now oh no oh I'm not really but <laughs> if you don't make a reference to some of those that you mentioned at the start because yeah. right, it's not just about plastic there's different elements included within this as well and I think yeah and I'll come back to kind of what I believe might be the next steps with this shortly so yeah, so remind me, just if you don't mind, Katie, kind of some of those things you mentioned at the start, some of the SDGs. Um, so you've got climate change, um, yep. poverty or reduction of poverty, um, access to education, access to healthcare. I think there's like clean water, clean land. I'm trying to think now. There's 17 of them, and I education, well, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Everybody I who's listening should go and I did find t-shirts with it on the other day so I'm going to buy myself a t-shirt because I found that a few things that even just inspiring conversations I wore a t-shirt the other day that was my my t-shirt is rubbish and it was made from recycled plastic and students were like that's brilliant you know and it's about also just those informal random chats that you have with students to inspire discussions and talk about fast fashion and things like that as well so I'm going to get myself an SDG t-shirt and then I might remember them as well. <laughs> I think that's really interesting and, and again it's it also become more prevalent across 
you know, the wider economies. I saw a football shirt the other day that was kind of made fully from recycled plastic, I think it was Tottenham. You know, so it's becoming part of the norm. But like you say, these are these are small wins which in one breath is great, but in the same breath, it's it's a bit of a token gesture when then in a football context might be giving out drinks and plastic glasses. You know, so it's it's kind of giving them one hand taking with the other. But anyway, that, let's kind of come back to the sector and, and come back to I guess my initial myth or, or misconceptions already can be put to bed in terms of this can be part of our daily practice in terms of Laura's project, in terms of kind of your, your debate, Katie. And I think, yeah, it's really interesting to, I guess, to put it on the radar of other lecturers and say, oh, by the way. So have you done that within your college so far? Kind of, and how have you done that, if you don't mind me asking, of kind of how you've tried to raise awareness um, with other lecturers, even just in your local team or kind of more broadly across the college? Don't know who wants to take that one. I don't know, Laura, do you want to? We can probably do a bit each there, can we? Yeah, a little bit. Well, obviously, we had our sustainability champions course, and that was our initial real catalyst. Um, and I think probably everybody came away from that and, and then sort of um, initiated something within their teams. However, I would say that it's that experiential process that really has meaning. So you can talk about a project and, and, and I, I'm kind of aware of not wanting to be, oh, it's Laura who does that and ticks that box for us. So so there is a bigger shift to happen. Um, we have a really nice uh, sort of group tutor um, uh, tile, we call it channel, which kind of links up to everybody who's a group tutor. And we pop things on there and the same with our sustainable development channel. And I do notice lecturers picking things up. So obviously there are lots of other group tutors in, in my department and I know that things are picked up from the group tutor or the sustainable development channel. And then she's putting them out to students like, what are you doing for Earth Hour? So those kind of um, opportunities that we can have, those what do you call them, green nudges, they're the kind of ways that I think we're getting, um, we're accessing people and supporting people, but in really soft, gentle ways. So it's just like, let's just put that out there. And then staff go, oh my God, yeah, I should mention that to my students. Even, you know, it's a case of going, this is something that's worth men mentioning to your students. This is something that's important to mention to your students. And I think that's something, you know, that's really important just generally as a lecturer for us to always remember is that we're much, much more than just our subject specialism. You know, we have a, a role and responsibility uh, to these young people and, and, it, and it's a privileged position to be in, you know, to, to be there to support them on this journey and hopefully, you know, make it a really positive one that will st stand them in good stead for the future. Um, and that's about, you know, building people who are there and ready to take on what the future holds. And that is much more than can temporary dance. <laughs> um, so yeah, those little nudges, I think, are kind of where we're at just now, Katie. I don't know if you... Yeah, no, I think definitely all those things. There is kind of more stuff in the pipeline. So obviously we're, although we're dance and science lecturer, our other role is as learning and teaching mentors. Um, and so we have, we work within the um, kind of training pathway. Um, and so we're kind of starting to think about how we embed some of these ideas into the professional learning delivery that we do, whether that's within the, the pathways. Um, so I know in our, um, we've got a programme called Teach at DNA, which is instead of the PDA. Um, and each session that I did linked to a professional standard. Um, <clears throat> and so things like building in a session around the professional standard for for embedding sustainability and just it's about inspiring those discussions and getting people to talk about it and you know think do you do it how could you do it and things um, and I know one of the other mentors and I we've just started 
um, delivering some sessions around meta skills and embedding meta skills and metacognition. And so we did a wee session where we did a pretend classroom and we built a session for the lecturers. So it was really active learning for them around what we did and them to go away and go, oh, that was building all these meta skills. But the task that we gave them was based on one of the sustainable development goals about quality education and how we support that within the college. Um, so we're kind of trying to interweave them almost okay. subliminally into stuff. Um, but I'm just about to start as well. I've just started a site on teams called the Green Living at DNA. Now it's not launched yet for anybody at DNA who hears me say this, um, but it will be coming probably start of the new semester in August. Because um, we were thinking about those tiny gains and you know, like Laura said, you try really hard in your own personal life to be more sustainable and think about what you're doing. And none of us are perfect at all, you know, and it's about those those little changes that we make. Um, and so what we thought was it would be quite nice because within the group tutor sustainable channel and things that we've got, there's always these little conversations going on. And we thought, let's take it into something else where we can have it just about sustainability, but about how we do it at home. So different categories around um, like home, like home life and food and um, health and well-being, um, you know, beauty, fashion, um, offsetting your carbon, travel and things like that. And just um, finding there's so many websites out there where, you know, you can buy things even down to stuff like, um, you know, your sponge in your kitchen that can be compostable you know and things that people often don't think about so it's about saying well this step i tried this website it was actually really good it actually lasted you know because that's the problem is sometimes you try these things and they're not very good so it's about just we wanted to make some place where people can share you know somewhere that they found that's really good um on different topics but then just get them thinking because it comes back to that once we've got the knowledge we can then do the raising awareness and stuff so we want to help people kind of build their knowledge and, and support them about thinking about where the stuff that they're doing in their own home life comes from, because again, that spreads through communities um, and builds. So so that's coming soon as well um, as a little side extra, more personally for staff um, oh, rather than the curriculum. I think there's some kind of really, really good ideas there. And I kind of, kind of going to close this, this, this down in a minute. I'm going to give you the final question now to give you some thinking time on this in terms of, just like to think of kind of what you, what would be your your tips or the next steps for listeners? You know, every college has got their own approaches, uh, but for those that are kind of quite new to this, where should they start? We'll come back to that in a minute. I think there's a couple bits you mentioned which I really like. The first one is I love the green nudges. You know, that that's what, that comes back and kind of supports the narrative we've talked around kind of small steps. And, and that type of thing is great because, yeah, we're not going to be able to tackle every single thing that we do within a day and change it overnight. But little bit by little bit, we'll raise awareness both with colleagues and with students I think that's great. It reminds me of something that we did right seven years ago. We had a no pens and no PowerPoint week just to get teachers to think differently. And that might have been a bit excessive a full week, but that type of approach to get people out of their comfort zone or to think differently in a different perspective. And I guess the final point from me on this, you're absolutely right, Laura, in the sense of actually we are influence we are influencing the next generation. And people used to kind of, you know jovially kind of joke with me in the past for being a teacher and you know the things that get associated with kind of remarks that kind of pass, get passed across the teachers you know and, and the holidays and, the, and this type of stuff I was going to be, be flip, quite flipping back and say hey, I'm, I'm teaching the future of the country but actually we are you know we're, we're teaching the next workforce but yeah. it's not just about that subject content it's about teaching them to be good people doing the right things right morals right behaviors 
and again, the phrase that I use quite a lot in my former college was actually good daily practice. If we do the right things day by day with our students, then that will have a significant effect over time. That's both in relation to our teaching practice, but as well as in as well as kind of morals, values, and behaviours. And this is a fundamental element of that. Which then takes on to the final question. So, for those I've listened, I'm kind of quite inspired by this. I, I guess it might be quite difficult to think. Well, where do I start? There's so much here. Where do I start? So, Lauren, we'll come to you first. What do you feel, what would be your advice in terms of next steps, in terms of where would someone start with this? How would they approach it? Kind of where would they pick up or kind of how would they implement this within their practice? Yeah, I think there's loads that you could do. So to start with, you could obviously start having a little Google around. So there, uh, obviously, you could be looking at the sustainable development goals. And I think I feel pretty confident that you're going to find at least one that immediately resonates with you. Um, and I do think that that's important, that it resonates with you, that it connects to you, that you feel passionate about it, that you feel a sense of wanting to push it forward, that it doesn't feel like something that's being imposed on you. Um, because enthusiasm breeds enthusiasm. So if we're enthusiastic, the learners will be too. Um, however, the flip side could be just presenting them to the learners like uh, Casey said she did and finding what, you know, really enthusiasts them. And I guess breaking it down a little bit, you know, there's uh, the Black Lives matters movement at the moment that's massive for the students I'm already thinking that might be the next piece that we do but would they know that that could be connected to the sustainable development goals I don't know you know a child marriage that's something that I'm really interested in looking at personally I'm a mother of four children two girls uh, a 13 month old and a, a 13 year old so that's something that I want to do but is that something that that they want to do so there has to be a synergy there between you know what really enthuses you as a lecturer so you know you can give a lot to and also to the learners um, but yeah I mean uh, students organizing for sustainability so SOS they have some things up there obviously EAUC uh, Extinction Rebellion or uh, organization that I've been in contact with and if you want your learners to get out there and actively involved in things they're really great you know you can just kind of go and do a project get out for an afternoon and do something and like start to get the ball rolling without any huge commitment so yeah I guess that's kind of where I'd be thinking if I was just starting out but looking for some ground cover Katie oh Laurie you've left me now with the, with the end. <laughs> so I would agree with everything that Laura has just said I think starting out and finding something that fits for you and that you're passionate about is the most important thing but again sharing that maybe with the students and finding space within the curriculum or the course that they're doing um, to and discussing with other people who teach on that course to think right within this where what could we do um, and, and even like you say asking the students you know what most interests you what's going on at the moment and just talking about the, the you know there's so much out there in the world at the moment going on and the news is there for people to look at and I think what you said Johnny a minute ago about you know the future and we're building our the you know our future community um, of adults who are going to run the country <laughs> um, and we want to make sure that they are confident to go and find information and learn and you know take responsibility themselves rather than us saying this is what I found out go and watch this you know actually giving them that and saying right where, where would you take this you know and giving them some kind of project that they can really delve into and make their own and and research um, and find out about because they'll you know they are great with Google and finding stuff and watching videos and YouTube and TED Talks and stuff. All of that is there. But I think for a member of, yeah, for for a lecturer to look at, um, yeah, find something that interests you and just start small. Think of something small, something quite straightforward. And then, 
you know, build your confidence that way and, and see where it takes you. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I just think of kind of my dealings with students in the past. Yeah, those are two key messages you both said there. One is engage your learners, you know, find out what's relevant to them. What do they know? And kind of get them to kind of share what they know and, and dispel any myths or encourage them to dispel each other's myths. And the second bit there is, yeah, find that hook. That, that's always a key bit. And it's about, and I guess my final message for lecturers listening is firstly, speak to people in your college, you know, because I know a lot of colleges in Scotland are doing some fantastic work in this space, you know, so find out what's being done. And then secondly, try and think of how you can introduce this as part of your curriculum. Again, not as a tick box, like Laura said, not as a, a shoe and I've got to do this, but actually helping you make it fit for purpose and relevant. And when we step back and look at our curriculum, the large majority we can look at, well, actually, well, there is a natural fit. What's well, so my background in sport and fitness? You know, I'm thinking gym instructors and personal training qualifications. Uh, there's lots of elements there where this could be discussed and explored. And it's the same for pretty much every curriculum area where it can be relevant. So, no, I think that's really, really interesting. I think it's a fantastic conversation. It's something that will only grow in terms of awareness. In it. And I think once the awareness develops further, innovation in terms of approaches, in terms of strategies, in terms of impact will continue to grow there as well. You know, I think it's been really, really interesting and fascinating. So thank you very, both very much for your time. Thank so, you. Yeah, thank so Laura, Katie, thank you. I hope you have a great summer when it comes. Uh, and like you say, enjoy your hard-earned rest as well as the rest of the sector. And hopefully, like you say, what our discussion today has an impact on some listeners. So thank you again. Bye. Bye.